She was born in northern Mexico at the turn of the 20th century, was abandoned by her parents, sang on public buses, worked in a cabaret, fought with Pancho Villa, and later became one of Mexico's most famous healers, performing miraculous surgeries with nothing but an old kitchen knife and rubbing alcohol. And she may be responsible for the Matrix. Was she a mystical healer or a cunning charlatan? Find out on the Mysteries of Latin America podcast. Friends, welcome once again to the Mysteries of Latin America podcast. I'm Andrew Colon, your host, and in this episode we visit, and sort of revisit, a compelling figure I touched on in our very first podcast. Our first podcast was about Mexican scientist and researcher Dr. Jacobo Grinberg, who had come up with his theories about how we were all part of this vast brain network he called the hologram, or lattice, or matrix. His inspiration for this matrix was born after meeting, observing, and studying the mystical Mexican shaman known originally as Barbara Guerrero, but who the world would later simply know as Pachita. Her mystical abilities stunned thousands, from common people to presidents, actors, and artists, and her legend still astounds people today. Listen to know of the amazing healing miracles she allegedly performed, who she worked with, and who she helped, her origin story, and what her family legacy is today. It began as a rumor, and that rumor spread like wildfire through Mexico and the world at the time. Mexico City was, and still is, divided into different neighborhoods, called colonias. The rumor was that in one of the oldest colonias, the Colonia Roma, there was an old woman named Pachita who could heal the sick and even perform complicated surgeries in her home using nothing more than a kitchen knife and the spirits who guided her hand. Days later, Pachita's patients were miraculously healed and her legend only grew from there in the 1970s and up to her death and beyond. Her home would go on to be called La Casa de las Brujas, the House of the Witches, and people of different countries, beliefs, and social classes came to Pachita, many times as a last resort. Every Friday, she would meet the patients at her home, located at the corner of the streets known as Rio de Janeiro and Durango in the Colonia Roma. She would sit down and meet with them to talk about their ills. If surgery was needed, she would assign them a date for their operations. If they were beyond her help, though, she would help them prepare to die as comfortably and with as much dignity as possible. She didn't charge her patients. They'd pay what they could, and they'd put their donations in an old mayonnaise jar, and if they needed surgery, she'd ask them to bring the supplies needed for their surgeries. For example, a bed sheet, a liter of alcohol, a package of cotton, and six rolls of bandages. When patients would return for their surgeries, Pachita would have them lie in an old cot while an assistant would prepare the tools she used to do her miraculous cutting. An old kitchen knife where the handle was covered by black electrical tape and decorated with an engraving of an ancient native figure with a headdress. While the assistant was getting the operating room ready, 
Pachita would prepare herself for her surgeries. She would sit alone before an altar in the operating room and would close her eyes and begin to breathe softly and rhythmically until she heard a buzzing sound in her ears. For Pachita, this buzzing sound was a sign that her mental and physical states were about to change, where she would move into an altered form of consciousness and into another dimension. Then she would give in to this new altered state. And in this state, she would commune with a figure she called El Hermanito, the little brother. That little brother was none other than the spirit of Mexican legendary figure Cuauhtémoc, the last emperor of the Mexicas, or what the rest of the world knows as the Aztecs. Pachita said that Cuauhtémoc was the last person on earth to be able to open portals into other dimensions, and that he used her body as a vessel of healing far into the future after he was executed by the Spaniards. Once in her trance-like state, Pachita would then cut into her patients. She would remove damaged organs, which she would then substitute with healthy organs that she said she herself had created from her travels in other dimensions. She would then bandage her patients, lay hands on the wound, and after a few days rest, her patients would be healed. Barbara Guerrero was born in Parral, Chihuahua, in the north of Mexico, in the year 1900. The turn of the 20th century was a turbulent time in Mexico, especially for the poor. Tensions and conflicts led to the Mexican Revolution, and for reasons unknown, Barbara was abandoned at an early age. She was raised by a man known only as Charles, a man of African descent, who was said to teach a young Barbara about how to read the stars at night and how to heal the sick. Later on, as a young woman, she was reported to have fought with Mexican revolutionary Doroteo Arango, better known to the rest of the world as Pancho Villa in the Mexican Revolution. After the revolution and still abjectly poor, she did everything to live, from working as a waitress in a cabaret, to selling lottery tickets on the street, to singing on public buses. If anything, young Pachita was a survivor. By the time the 1970s came around, Pachita was an older woman, but by then she had become by far the most famous shaman and healer in Mexico. Remember, a folk healer in Latin America is someone many people from the outside might call a witch doctor. But folk healers have specific knowledge and practices, mostly with the use of medicinal herbs, that heal specific ills. But not only was Pachita a healer, she was a shaman. And a shaman in Latin America is someone, usually with indigenous roots, who is a link between this world and the spirit world or other dimensions. Now, if you remember our very first podcast, and if you don't or haven't heard it, it's episode one, and there'll be a link for you on social media posts to listen. And there we spoke of the mysterious disappearance of Mexican neuroscientist and researcher Jacobo Grinberg a man who did extensive research into the existence of alternate realities and dimensions, and how we could all tap into a cerebral network that he called the lattice. This lattice was a hyper-complex matrix of energy 
that humans with high-functioning brains could access. Yes, friends, we're talking red and blue pills here. When Grinberg heard about Pachita being able to access and open portals into other dimensions, his interest was piqued, and he wanted to know more about her firsthand. So he reached out to her to know her story and prove or disprove what he'd heard about the old woman. Over a number of years, he not only learned her story, but she opened the door to her practice to Grinberg so he could witness the strange surgery she could perform without any school training in modern medicine. From their time together, Grinberg came to believe that Pachita had a unique gift of being able to control and direct her brain's neural field and could transform and modify this lattice or matrix and that although it seemed miraculous, it was the same process most of us use to create images or thoughts. And not only did she tap into this matrix, but Grinberg said she would become part of the matrix and could change it at will. By being able to reach a part of the matrix, Grinberg said, we can think something into being. Now, if that sounds like manifesting to you, you're not wrong. Grinberg based a lot of his theories on what he witnessed with Pachita. So you wouldn't be entirely wrong in thinking that an old woman who lived in a place called the House of Witches could have influenced theories and practices we have all around us today. But Dr. Grinberg, who would later disappear without a trace in the 1990s, wasn't the only famous person to visit Pachita. Celebrities, artists, politicians, and famous names in different fields all went to the old lady to watch her work or have her work on them. One of them was the super-famous Chilean avant-garde filmmaker, artist, and writer Alejandro Jodorowsky. Here's a little of what he said about watching Pachita work. The patients would file in, one at a time, each with an egg in their hand. She would rub the egg over their bodies, and then would break the egg and examine the yolk and the white to reveal their illness. If she couldn't find anything serious, she would recommend teas or stranger treatments like enemas or eating termite eggs. But if it was really serious, she'd recommend surgery. I was witness to these operations, and I saw things I can't repeat. And compared to those things, the psychic surgeries I saw in the Philippines were nothing more than trivial sleight of hand. Even Mexican presidents were involved, at least by association. It's said that family members of presidents Luis Echeverria and José López Portillo were fans and patients of old Pachita, and that at least on one occasion she was seen at the presidential residence Los Pinos in the 1970s. According to testimonials that were revealed in the 2022 documentary The Secret of Dr. Grinberg, Jacobo Grinberg and Pachita had to part ways so that the relationship between Pachita and the president's families wouldn't be revealed. Well, surely not everybody believed that what Pachita was doing was real, right? Of course not. Pachita had her critics. They ranged from those who saw her as being merely misguided but with good intentions, to being an outright fraud and con woman, and that she exploited people's beliefs and vulnerabilities for financial gain. The surgical treatments that Pachita was most known for have been branded as a medical fraud by most legitimate medical authorities worldwide. Skeptics contend that her procedures were unscientific 
and potentially dangerous as she performed surgeries without anesthesia, proper sterilization, or medical training. They argued that her healing methods weren't subject to rigorous scientific scrutiny or verification, leading to doubts about the authenticity of her abilities. Critics also think that the miraculous cures experienced by Pachita's many thousands of patients might simply be chalked up to the placebo effect. Others say that her real ability was her use of talk therapy and basic psychoanalysis during her consultations. Critics raised concerns about vulnerable individuals who sought Pachita services, often as a last resort when conventional medicine had failed them. They argued that she took advantage of their desperation, offering false hope instead of evidence-based treatment. One American paranormal researcher, Joanna Michelson, even claimed that Pachita was harnessing unseen demonic forces in her healings. Now, while Pachita faced criticism from skeptics, there were also many who believed in her healing abilities and considered her to be a gifted healer. It's hard to know if these claims would hold up to today's scrutiny, but back then, the lines out the door of La Casa de las Brujas were a testament to the fact that something was working. On April 29, 1979, Pachita, who had been born Barbara Guerrero, died in Mexico City. But even her own death was mystical. On May 1st, three days later, her death certificate still hadn't been issued. The reason for this was as strange as the myth that surrounded the woman known as Mexico's greatest shaman. Her body was still warm. Was this evidence of the powers that she had when she was alive? The powers that made her Mexico's most famous shaman, the healer who was sought by thousands of people from all walks of life. It makes a person wonder. Now, Pachita's son, Guillermo, who was a frequent assistant of his mother's, was originally the one who was supposed to carry on the tradition of healing and spiritual journeys with Cuauhtémoc, the little brother. The gift, according to family lore, is apparently passed on from mother to firstborn son, and from that son to his firstborn daughter, and so on and so on, for a total of ten generations. Guillermo strongly considered accepting this gift, but he ultimately passed on the right to heal using the gift. As he said, he saw his mother suffer greatly when she couldn't heal someone, and that the gift took an enormous physical and mental toll on the person who was its caretaker, a toll greater than he could accept. As he passed on the gift, the gift was then passed on to his brother, Enrique, and he was tasked with being the new healer in the family. Enrique worked as a healer for many years until his death in 2012. The gift was apparently passed on to and accepted by Guillermo's firstborn daughter, Liliana Ugalde, and the gift will be passed on for eight more generations. But even that legacy has been tarnished by infighting within Pachita's descendants, as if they were fighting for an inheritance. And then there are others who claim to have been Pachita's assistants, or her apprentices, or long-lost family members, and who have decided to hang up their shingle and cure with the power of the little brother. According to Liliana Ugalde, the current holder of the gift, that's not how it works. 
Now, despite the controversy surrounding her work, Pachita's legacy endures to this day. She left an indelible mark on the world of alternative healing, challenging conventional medical paradigms, and inspiring others to explore the intersection of spirituality and well-being. The origins of Barbara Guerrero, better known as Pachita, might remain shrouded in mystery, but her impact as a revered shamanic healer continues to fascinate and intrigue those who seek to understand the depths of human healing potential. Friends, as always, thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to the story of one of the world's most enigmatic and mystical healers, and for listening to our podcast each week. Connect with us through Spotify, iTunes, or Google Podcasts, and I'll gladly answer you personally. We'd love to hear your stories as well. Now with the next episode, we're going to fall right into the rabbit hole of one of the most intriguing archaeological mysteries in Latin America, here on the Mysteries of Latin America podcast. I'm Andrew Colon. Adios.